episode 146 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you with another week talking some NBA, talking some play-in, and we'll get to the Knicks as well. Uh, Playing games are almost done. I think we have just those final elimination games to come where the you know the losers of the 7-8s take on the winners of the 9-10s. So I'm excited for that, excited to see what's going to happen. We don't know the results yet at the time of recording. We're recording um, you know, mid to late day on the Thursday. A lot of other things going on for me professionally. It's the only time I get the chance to do it. So I, I thought about waiting a little bit later, getting the results of those other games, where we can, and we can hash all of that out when we have the full slate of NBA teams in the playoffs for next week's show. We'll start with the Knicks. I mean, we'll get to the play-in. There was some interesting play-in stuff, especially in uh, in Minnesota, that we will touch on. Um, but I do want to start with the Knicks, too. We had a post-mortem on the Knicks season last week. Uh, and it was pretty extensive. I think it was more extensive than I was anticipating. Um, so I'm happy about that. And you guys uh, seem to enjoy it so i'm very happy uh with that as far as the content part of it is concerned it wasn't fun talking about it but it was uh, you know something that you just have to do so as the next season uh you know ends we we do have a few you know a little bit of notes uh from the last week uh, as far as you know things being said in particular uh by leon rose the the next team president uh, apparently there was an email uh, to season ticket holders um, in within the last week. Actually, I think this was uh, a couple of hours ago uh, that some of pe- that people started reporting this. Uh, basically, the email, and if you're a season ticket holder, um, and again, I'm not. I don't have the don't have the dough. But uh, I'm assuming you saw this. So I apologize for season ticket holders that listen to the podcast if you've already heard this. But this is really for people that you know don't get the chance uh, to either see it or or read it. So um, apparently uh, Leon Rose said in um, the email, and it was an email to season ticket holders uh, Thursday morning, basically to let them know that, you know, the culture is, is still, you know, this winning culture that the Knicks started to build last year that took a bit of a hit this year is still the goal of this team. He said, quote, we recognize this team, Build will be a steady climb, but there are real examples of progress and success, especially from our young core, that we can acknowledge and celebrate, end quote. Obviously, he's referring to, most notably, uh, R.J. Barrett, who had a very good season. Quentin Grimes, uh, as well, performed, I I thought, very solidly at times in his rookie season. Um, He also expressed confidence in head coach Tom Thibodeau, by saying that the development has been thanks to his quote-unquote tutelage and his commitment to playing the right way. Uh, that that part is why I included it on the show. Um, multiple people have been talking about this today. Multiple reports uh, have already indicated that the Knicks are bringing Tom Thibodeau back for a third season. The obvious uh, you know, intrigue comes from the fact that there was there were reports throughout the season that Worldwide West and other people in the front office were ripping Thibodeau, uh, Tom Thibodeau behind his back, and there was riffs in the front office about 
what what Tibbs's future would be with the Knicks, and it got to the point where even people, according to the reports, like Worldwide West, were blaming the Knicks' problems on Tom Thibodeau and not taking responsibility themselves. So this is publicly, you know, for those of us that don't know the situations like the insiders do, um, this doesn't look great for the Knicks, in my opinion. This is, uh, you know, a bit of PR eyewash, and I, I, it's not... You know, for those that have been following the team all season, uh, you're not buying this, and I, and I don't think you should. I, this is very much, you know, we're staying the course, you know, yada, yada, yada. You know, and Rose at the end of the email, quote, the future of the New York Knicks, bas- future of New York Knicks basketball will be exciting, and I will continue to work relentlessly to make this team one you can be proud of, end quote. It's all PR nonsense. It's what they're supposed to say. They say it every year before the season and after the season. So it, it's... It's ridiculous to a certain extent because we know there's an issue. I mean, they, they there are multiple reports from reliable sources that they disagreed heavily on the Cam Reddish acquisition, for example. You know, you can't then say after the Knicks miss the playoffs and you don't get to your objective that all of a sudden it's sunshines and rainbows and Tibbs did this and Tibbs did that. I'm not saying that they, they don't have respect for Tibbs. I'm not saying that they don't have... Um, that they're not right in saying that Tibbs deserves some credit for developing the players, but it doesn't look great when it comes off the heels of a few months ago, you bashing him behind the scenes and blaming him for the issues the Knicks were dealing with on and off the court. It, it It's a bad look, and it to me... It further, it, fur, it further worries me because I don't know if they're on the same page. I really don't. It, it, to me, this feels like a, well, you know, we're kind of stuck with Tibbs. We got to back him and see what we can do during the season. Because if the Knicks don't make a big splash, right, if they don't do anything big in free agency, if they don't get a high draft pick in the lottery, you know, and things like that, and you're stuck with this same team... Things can change very quickly during next season, very quickly, and I I don't think that I don't think this front office will be as kind to Tibbs if the problems continue, even if it's their fault, and and that's how it goes. The coach in the NBA, no matter who it is, unless you're Greg Popovich, I guess, um, goes first every time. Every time it's the coach, it's then the front office, it's then the players. That's normally how it goes. You go coach first. If that doesn't work, you fire the GM or the president or both. And if that doesn't work, you blow it up. Like like that's normally the route that we've become accustomed to in the NBA. And, and again, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't know. But what I am saying is I'm not a fan of this from Leon Rose. Not a fan of it at all. It's bogus. Absolutely ridiculous to me. And I, maybe I'm overhyping it a little bit. Feel free to let me know at SJ7 on Twitter. You can let me know if you think this that I'm overblowing this a little bit. I don't think I am. I really don't. Th- this is a big, big contradiction to what we, we now know from reports. So this to me is disingenuous. Nick fans know better than to believe this. 
And now we wait. Again, it just comes down to what are they going to do now? This Knicks front office. I don't know. I really don't. I, every year you think a big splash is coming. And last year, to be fair, we were all excited with Fournier and Walker. And Walker in particular flopped. Absolutely flopped. Fournier, I think, in the end, worked out to be okay. To be honest, I think he should stick around if the Knicks can add other pieces. But Kemba Walker really, really couldn't get it done at all. Couldn't stay on the court. Inconsistent. And we tried to give him time. It didn't happen. He got benched and then couldn't get back on the floor. It just never happened for him. So the Knicks need to make something happen during this offseason. And I don't know if they will. I don't. I don't. You know, this will be year, this will be going into year three of this project. And in year one, you shocked everybody. You made the playoffs. You won a playoff game. And then in year two, you flop and you don't get anywhere near the play in, let alone the playoffs. So year three is pretty vital. This is going into a very important season. The Knicks better be ready. The Knicks better find some reinforcements here. They need them badly. The Knicks need to shake up this roster. And I frankly don't know if they're going to do that. I really don't. I really don't. You know, I'm not entirely sure what the plan is going to be, you know? And again, the, the Knicks luck in the draft. You can't bank on that. They haven't had it. (laughs) you know the Knicks have not had luck in the draft so I don't know where the lottery the Knicks are going to pick it could be eight or nine it could be three but I I don't or it could be somewhere in between the Knicks have such a low percentage I I don't really know I don't know what's going to happen I mean crazier things have happened teams have made big jumps no question but I I mean the Knicks the Knicks it's it really has gone the other way they really struggle when it comes to luck in the draft lottery, they don't they don't tend to get it. So we'll see. We'll see. But I did want to give a, a few thoughts on that because it's it's one of those things where and listen, we're, we're gonna be covering a lot of postseason the rest of the way, a lot of the playoffs. We've done it every year. Uh it's a lot of fun. You guys tend to to enjoy getting involved with it. Knicks basketball fans like watching basketball, so I do tend to to talk about the playoffs and, and we'll start doing that in just a second. But um, you know, Knicks come first around here. So anytime there's a Knicks story, I, I want to lead with it. And I, I'm curious what you guys think. Maybe, do you think I'm overblowing it? I, I really don't think I am, um, in my humble opinion. So let me know what you think. At SJ7, postingatosting.com, Shock Shock Knicks podcast logo. That's the place to hit me up. Okay. The play in games. Again, two games haven't happened yet. We, we have not seen, you know, Clippers, Pelicans, winner go home, loser uh, of that of that game is out. Winner gets the eighth seed in the West against Phoenix. And then, of course, in the other play-in finale, the Cavs will be at home and they will be taking on the Atlanta Hawks. Winner gets the heat. Loser goes home to find a, a nice hot place to relax during the offseason. So how did we get there? Uh, a lot of drama. That's how we got there. Um a lot of people were debating, you know, a couple of things during the play-in. And 
I want to start with Brooklyn and Cleveland first because I saw I saw maybe the last quarter and a half of the game and then watched the highlights. And it seemed to me that the Nets kind of, based on the last you know quarter and a half, it seemed like the Nets kind of were in control. But then I watched the highlights back. And I have to say, the Nets were very fortunate to win the game. I have to say, like, the Nets dominated in the first half, particularly in the first quarter. But they let Cleveland back into that game. That game was over at halftime. And they let him back in. That that got very dicey uh, in the third in particular. And then in the fourth, Cleveland never really went away. And despite, I mean, this is kind of what I where I left with it. And multiple people tended to, to go on this as well. Kyrie Irving had 34 points and 12 assists in the win. Uh, the only player that had as many points as him was Darius Garland for the Cavs. He had 34. KD had 25 and 11 assists. And... Uh, three other players were in double figures. Brown and Drummond, 18 and 16. Claxton had 13. They still only won by seven. And despite the like phenomenal performances, right, from KD and, and Kyrie, that's, as, that's about as good as they're going to get from a night-to-night basis. Cleveland was without Jared Allen, the former Nets center, who's been so crucial to what they do this season. He's likely going to be back for the Atlanta game, I am very, very interested to see how the Nets are going to look against Boston because they actually, looking at it as a whole, right, on the whole, they won, but it wasn't very impressive looking back on it. They they were a little shaky, I would argue, on their home floor. Now, part of that is, you know, they've been shaky on their home floor all year thanks to Kyrie not being there and the James Harden trade. So, man, oh man, I, I don't know what the Nets are going to look like. I, I I really don't. That that game really gave me a big pause on what the Nets are capable of. <laughs> like, it's remarkable. Um, now, there are now conflicting reports about Ben Simmons that, that I should mention as well. Uh, Steve Nash has come out publicly and said that Ben Simmons is far away from being ready for the playoffs. However, uh, there are multiple reports saying, and most notably from Shams of The Athletic, that Simmons could be ready to play in this series against Boston. Um, Shams and Brian Windhorst also mentioned this too, that uh, sometime after game three, basically... Ben Simmons is going to play. And Sham said it's going to be between games four and six uh, of this potential series. So that is a factor that should be taken into account. The question mark, obviously, is what the heck is it going to look like with Ben Simmons? The advantage that Philly has had is that James Harden's been able to play. So they looked great at times with him. And at times, they you know not so good. But they've gotten some reps. They've got some chemistry building. This will be Ben Simmons' first ever game with the Brooklyn Nets is going to be a playoff game, most likely. Unless, unless somehow, you know, the Nets get swept. I don't think that's going to happen. But, man, oh man. I, that's a lot of pressure on a guy you just traded for earlier this season. It's wild. 
It's wild. But again, the Nets say not so fast, right? The Nets are saying uh, that this is up in the air. They don't they don't know if he's going to be ready for this series, if at all. They're taking it very slow. And Steve Nash said that that Ben Simmons is quote unquote still a ways away. He's not ready to go. So something to look out for for Boston and and Brooklyn. Obviously, Kyrie going back to the TD Garden where they hate him there. They they despise Kyrie in Boston. They really do. And uh, I, I frankly don't blame them. But I, I think that also the the part of it, uh, the, the part that's kind of nuts too is that, you know, what, you know, Ben Simmons just gets lobbed into the middle of a 2-1 series, a 2-2 series, a, a, a 3-2 series. Like game six, Ben Simmons plays like, it could be nuts. It could be nuts. And this is coming off a guy that struggled so much in the postseason last year in big games. So he's expected to what? Come in and change the game? I don't know. I don't even know where he's going to play Ben Simmons. So it's it's nuts. It's going to be pretty wild. And frankly, I have no idea uh, what it's going to look like. So that'll be fascinating to keep an eye on. It doesn't sound like Ben Simmons will be ready for the beginning of the series. But as the series progresses, it's going to be fascinating to see where he gets placed, how he's implemented, what position he's going to play. It's fascinating. It's fascinating, and I'm very curious to see how that series goes down. All right. We move on in the play-in rounds because it it got good. It got very good. Uh, Minnesota in the nightcap. This was a couple of nights ago on Tuesday. I watched this whole game. This, this was so much fun. I, I mean, it's great to see franchises who haven't been there in a while, in a real capacity, get a meaningful game. And seeing Minnesota, after the year they had last year, get to host a play-in game against a good team, the Clippers, with Paul George back in the fold. You know, no Kawhi, but, you know, one of their stars returns, you know, just in time for the postseason— and the atmosphere from the jump was awesome. It was awesome. It felt normal again, you know, hearkening back to the bubble and things like that. It just, oh, it was just good old-fashioned playoff basketball. It really was. It was a great game. Paul George and company gave the Timberwolves all they could ask for. Carl Anthony Towns was terrible all night. He got into foul trouble in the first half. I mean, he was dreadful for most of the game, but Anthony Edwards, the second year man out of Georgia was tremendous with 30 points. I mean, talk about stepping up to the occasion in your first meaningful postseason game. And D'Angelo Russell, who's been there and done that at times in the postseason came through with a huge night, 29 points, six assists, five boards and hit some huge shots in the fourth quarter to close out a 109 104 win for the Timberwolves who move on to face the Grizzlies in the first round. That could be a very, very fun series with two great atmospheres in that, uh, in that, in a potential seven game series. So very exciting, very exciting stuff indeed. And, you know, the reason I, I was really intrigued to talk about that, that game was just because of Patrick Beverly's antics throughout the entire night. He despises the Clippers. They gave him a, a contract he felt was an insult before he was, uh, you know, traded. He asked for the trade. He ended up, uh, he went somewhere else actually before. They kept saying he went to Minnesota from there. He went somewhere else first, actually. 
I just can't remember where, if if memory serves. I'm pretty sure that Patrick Beverly was playing with, or he was traded somewhere else and then ended up with the Timberwolves. But I can't remember how, exactly how it went down. But he ends up with the Timberwolves, and it was truly uh, a remarkable uh, night for him. And... It, it, it was wild. It was wild. But, uh, oh, it was to the Grizzlies. To the, uh, ironically enough, who he's playing next. So, <laughs> Beverly was traded to the Grizzlies, uh, you know, last August. And he was very quickly um, traded again to the Timberwolves. Never played for the Grizzlies, but he was a Grizzly for, I think, a week or nine days, something like that. And then they traded him to, to Minnesota and... Beverly's on a one-year, $13 million contract and has helped change the culture. They, they love him. He's one of those guys. He's the epitome of, you know, when he's on your team, you love him. When you play against him, you hate him. And uh, he actually got fined 30, uh, $30 Jesus, $30,000 for his uh, profanity-laced interview after the game. I loved it. I, I don't think he should have been fined for it. I, I think it's ridiculous that the NBA fines... Uh, players for cursing. I, I think that's absolutely outrageous, uh, in my opinion, no need for it, but, uh, Patrick Beverly, you know, and the Timberwolves advanced that there was just a tremendous crowd, tremendous crowd in Minnesota. And I hope they give the Grizz a, a tough series. I don't think they will. I think it goes six max. I think it's probably going to go five games just because I think the Timberwolves are too inexperienced. And, and I think the only way Minnesota makes it a series is if Carl Anthony Towns gets his, you know, emotions in check. He was all over the place emotionally against the Clippers and it costs Minnesota for a good chunk of that game. Good reason why they had to come back in that, in the latter stages of the second half was because Carl Anthony Towns was a no-show foul trouble, you know, pressing to get shots up, not, you know, not being in the flow of the offense and just throwing up bad shots, making bad decisions on the block. He was all over the place. So they've got to get him back to a, a, a good, calm level. Let him just play. Let him do his thing. Then they've got a chance because I think that Memphis will be worried about matching up a little bit with Carl Anthony Towns. However, uh, I think John Morant and company, they're so good. They're so deep. You know, Desmond Bain and... The list goes on and on. There's such a there's such a good team from top to bottom, and they've proven that throughout the season. You know, I, I think Memphis is gonna be is gonna be just fine, but we'll see. I, I hope Minnesota makes it fun and makes it a fun series. And and if they they win a couple at home, that that series could get very very interesting. So then we the the scene then shifted uh, to the next set of games. Atlanta hosting New Orleans, oh my goodness, uh, hosting Charlotte, mixing up my Hornets here. Uh, the Hornets went to the play, went to play the Hawks in the first uh, East play-in uh, on the second night, and the Hawks demolished the Hornets, as I kind of anticipated. The Hornets really needed to host that game, and they let it slip in the last few weeks of the season, and they ended up having to go out on the road, and oh boy, did it cost them. Oh my goodness. Did it ever cost them? Because, listen, Atlanta at times, you know, struggled at home in the regular season, but in the playoffs, the Hawks have been dominant at home. You know, nobody's really gone there uh, except for Milwaukee, I guess, and and dominated a game. 
they just no one has right and it's going to be you know during this during this last year and a half so i was expecting the hornets to be in big trouble because to be fair if the game was in charlotte i actually i actually might have picked the hornets because atlanta on the road not only in the playoffs but in general very up and down not very good so I expect I would have expected it to be much tougher for Atlanta if they would have had to go out go out on the road, um, but not to be. And uh, the Hawks smacked them, one thirty two, one hundred three. Miles Bridges, which for which I thought was a microcosm of the game, you know, getting ejected for a double technical game was over, but totally needless, getting tossed from the game. And uh, on top of that, as the Hornets season, you know comes crashing down at the end in Atlanta. He throws a mouth guard, his mouth guard, at a fan on the way out who wasn't even jeering at him. You know, was just was just clapping that, you know, uh, well, it might have been clapping because he got tossed, but he wasn't, like, in his face. And Miles Bridges heard what he said and threw his mouth guard at him. I totally, totally ridiculous, right? I mean, remember, I just, the thing I thought about was a couple of years ago, uh, during the regular season, or I guess it was last year during the regular season, we were talking about these fan incidents with fans, you know, getting in players' faces and being, you know, uh, you know, going over the line and things like that. And those were over the line, but this is an example of a player who's not used to the playoffs, right? You know, who's, who clearly things got under his skin and totally overreacted, went way over the line and, throws a mouth guard at a fan. I mean, that's disgusting. There's no place for it. And I haven't seen actually what Miles Bridges has been punished with, but it. You know, I hope it's something. He, well, he was, okay, so he was fined $50,000. By the way, you get fined 50K for throwing a mouth guard. You get fined 30K for, for dropping a, a swear word in a press conference. NBA, can we can we get this right, please? That makes no sense to me at all ridiculous but anyway that that is a that is a fair that that's a fine that's more than fair in my opinion i i'd argue it could have been higher but just ridiculous absolutely ridiculous behavior uh from from miles bridges and the 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 hornet season ends as many thought it would with a blowout loss uh in atlanta so their season comes to a close. Atlanta will go to Cleveland, and that game uh, is probably going on as we speak. So it's actually, I, I take that back. It's going to happen uh, as you're listening to the podcast on Friday. It's a beautiful thing. So we actually didn't miss it. That's great. So we'll talk about that next week. But uh, yeah, Cleveland, Atlanta, in Cleveland. I can't wait for that. And then obviously the the final play-in game, uh, of this first set of games on Wednesday, or I should say second set of games on Wednesday, the Pelicans take out the San Antonio Spurs 113 uh, to 103. And, you know, just a, a game where you saw CJ McCollum remind us how good he is, basically, <laughs> why he's a stud. Had 32 points. Valanchunas had a double double, 22 and 14. Um, it was just fun to see, you know, CJ McCollum in a big game doing his thing. So exciting, exciting stuff. Uh, the Spurs go home. It was great that they even got into the play in because uh, other than that, it was a pretty bad season, but you take what you can get. Uh, the Pelicans will go to LA to take on the Clippers and uh, we'll see 
how they do. Clippers will have a full house, I'm sure, at crypto.com arena. That's never going to be fun to say. And um, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how it all goes down there. So I have to say, I blew past a break here. I absolutely blew past a break because I got so excited talking about this stuff. Late break here, but we're going to take a break. Uh, When we come back, we'll preview the first round of the playoffs and those two play-in games and finish things up. Coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Boy, oh boy, let me tell you, I apologize for that. Totally, totally blew past that break uh, in the middle of the show. Well, we, we got to it. We got to it in the end. We always have to take a break uh, midway through the podcast uh, at some point. So didn't do it when I normally like to, but uh, we got it in. Uh, it's just too much fun. It's too much fun talking NBA playoff and playing basketball. It really is a great time of the year. And uh, the playing games have been, have been great so far. The crowds have been awesome, as you'd hope. And uh, we'll briefly dive into the playing games uh, that are still to come on Friday when you're listening to the podcast. I'll start with Cleveland and Atlanta. Um, I, I think that this game is an interesting one because... Again, Atlanta away from home are a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. You're not exactly sure what they're going to bring to the table. And I think to couple that, Cleveland are inexperienced. You know, a lot of this roster, you know, you throw Kevin Love out of that conversation, but most of this roster has not really experienced many big-time games. So, you know, guys like Darius Garland, right, who are leading the charge, so... It's at home, right? A lot of pressure on them. They have to win to keep the season alive. And the winner uh, will go to Miami with, you know, a a chance to advance. So Atlanta on the road have had big wins in the postseason, but not often. You know, they they have struggled from time to time. So I'm very intrigued to kind of see how all of that goes down. And I'm going to pick Atlanta because I just think their experience from a year ago, they're confident. I think they'll go to Cleveland, and I think they will win. Um, I don't give them much of a chance against the Heat. I think if the Heat play the way they're capable of playing, I think they'll brush the Hawks aside. But I really do think Atlanta's confidence, experience, and backcourt are going to be just about enough uh, to win it. And Cleveland's season, which has been so good, I I think is going to come to an end. I I really feel that way. So... We'll see. I, I don't know. Uh, well, you never. I should say you never know, right? I mean, Cleveland at home could go on a huge run early and blow the Hawks out of the building. It's possible, right? But it's the playoffs. You know, anything can happen. Uh, but I'm backing the Hawks here just because I, I've I've had firsthand experience, right? We've seen the the Hawks and Knicks up close. But on top of that, um, I I think I trust them a little bit more. And I trust their stars a little bit more than I trust Cleveland's stars. And I, I get it that's at, that it's at home, but I do think Atlanta will just about uh, come out with the win and they'll head on down to South Beach to see if they can take on the top-seeded Heat in a first-round series. Um, I think the Heat will be fine either way. <laughs> I think this is, this is kind of the tough part, right? I was saying this to a buddy of mine about um, the other play-in game, which I'll get to now. Uh you almost kind of feel bad for the play-in teams because as great as it is to win 
right? As nice as it is uh, to win the game, the bummer is now you got to play one of the best teams in the league in a seven-game series. And I'm going to feel bad for whether it's the Pelicans or the Clippers, whoever's got to go play Phoenix. I mean, I think LA maybe gives them a, a series, but... Like, for example, if, if the Pelicans, with all due respect to C.J. McCollum, uh, Jonas Valanciunas and company, I don't see them going to Phoenix and putting up any kind of a fight. I, I just don't. I, I think Phoenix are on fire. They have been all season. They're the best team in the league. I think they'll crush them. And not that the Clippers, you know, will will make it, you know, seven games, but I think there's more of a chance they win a game or two than it would be for... The Pelicans. That being said, I, I do think the Clippers will win the play-in game, but I think it's going to be a very good game. I, I think C.J. McCollum leading that team makes us a very different prospect uh, going into it. And I, I really think that when it's all said and done, that this is a team that it's going to look good in the future, potentially, if they keep it all together. But I think that's kind of run its course for this season, and I really think the, the Clippers... Getting Paul George back at the right time, I think they'll advance here, and then I think that Phoenix will probably swiftly send them home after that. I think is the best way I can put that. So, for what we've already seen, again, Minnesota, Memphis is going to be pretty interesting. I think the home games, you know, could get split potentially the first four, and then I think Memphis will probably roll from there, if not earlier. But that's kind of what I'm looking for in that series, and then. The most intriguing series, potentially, right, on paper, is Brooklyn going to Boston. And I'm really, really excited to kind of see how that pans out because there's a lot of bad blood and those teams don't like each other. It's not Philly, Brooklyn, but it's it's pretty darn close, I would say. And we'll see, you know, we will see how it goes uh, in that series. I was looking at the playoff matchups yesterday and, you know, what's wild, right, is that, you know, you look in the West and the way it's the way it's shaped out with Dallas having to play Utah in the first round. One one playoff series I was kind of hoping would play out because that's an exciting matchup. And, you know, Mitchell and, and Luca, extremely fun to watch potentially. And, and by the way, you know, Speaking of the, the other playoff series, you know, Golden State-Denver, it looks like Steph Curry is optimistic about playing. It looks like he will play in game one. That's another great series because Golden State have kind of come back down to earth. Denver are very capable. And I think that that series could go six or seven, potentially, because Golden State, you know, and again, it's the playoffs. Golden State can turn it on. But this is going to be the first, you know, playoffs back with Golden State fully capable how are they going to handle it? And Denver's been rolling. Denver's ready to go. So I'm excited. I think Golden State will win, but I'm very excited to kind of see how it plays out. Now in the East, I, I hate to say this, but I think Milwaukee has a very nice path to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I and I think Philly has a pretty good path too, to be honest. I think Philly, Philly, I think Philly will be happy with Toronto. I, I know they could have gotten Chicago, but... I think they'll be happy with Toronto. They've got home court. And I think they'll, they'll feel they can beat Miami 
in a second round series. I mean, the irony here would be if the Hawks, you know, get to, (laughs) if the Hawks get to, uh, you know, beat the Heat and then have to play Philly again, I mean, that would just be sparking more and more drama, but I I don't see it. I think it'll be a Miami-Philly Eastern Conference semi. I think Milwaukee will probably play Boston. Um, Although I could see, I could see Brooklyn doing it, but Something just tells me that, because to be fair, Williams being out for Boston is a huge loss, but I just kind of feel like Brooklyn is going to run out of gas here. Whether Ben Simmons plays or not, I don't see it happening. Um, What's what's a shame here is that we're not going to see Nets Sixers. It's just not going to happen. I I don't think either one of those teams are going to get to the conference finals. I, I think it's much more likely that we get a Milwaukee-Miami Eastern Conference Finals than we do almost anybody else. I mean, maybe Philly, but I think I think it's probably going to be Milwaukee-Miami, and I think it's probably going to be Phoenix and maybe Memphis in the West. I, I'm not sure right now about Golden State. I, 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 I Part of me doesn't want to bet against them, frankly, but I, I kind of feel like this might be Memphis's year. This might be Memphis's year to take a huge step forward and get to a conference finals, and who knows, at that point, they might have a good shot at advancing, so we'll see, that, that's kind of where I stand uh, on all of that at the moment, I, I will say this before we leave, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, the play-in games tomorrow, we'll talk about those next week, and then fully dive into the playoff series, but let me know what you guys think about the playoffs, about the Knicks' future, and we're already seeing, you know, again, draft talk starting to pick up uh, as it always tends to um, this time of year. I do want to mention one more, uh, you know, a parting thought here on the way out because this is a story that I, I didn't think I'd have a time to get to, but I, I have a few minutes here. So Frank Vogel's uh, situation with the Lakers uh, popped up to me on my feed the other day, and I felt like I had to mention this if I could. Uh, it's not a big story, but it's worth mentioning. You know, the way he got fired, or, or the way he's presumably going to be fired. And I was looking up uh, a few things here, and this was earlier today, you know, preparing for the show, and. You know, for, for those that missed this, obviously, Woj basically broke that Frank Vogel was going to get fired on Twitter, and Frank Vogel had no idea, basically, and was asked about it in a press conference after a Laker win over Denver towards the end of the regular season, and I guess it was the last game of the regular season, and he had no idea. He cursed during the press conference, and then on top of that... Um, the Lakers have now, you know, the Lakers then kind of came out and, and didn't fire him, at least not initially, but, um, if it's not official yet, it's going to be. So it's just, it's wild, man. It's wild. And, you know, it, it was just a crazy situation. I guess it was confirmed the next day basically, but, um, the way it happened was mind-boggling to me. I mean, the epitome of disrespect by the Lakers franchise to a coach that won you a championship, by the way. To an NBA coach that won you a championship. That's how he's treated on the way out the door. When the front office messed this up, when LeBron messed this up, 
You know, the stars of this team should be held accountable. AD, Russell, the whole, all of them. And Frank Vogel, who's won this team a ring, gets gets the boot like that. I, I mean, it's the epitome of poor business and poor etiquette by the Lakers. And it, it, you start to wonder who the heck's going to go coach there. You really start to wonder who would want to coach for that franchise. It's remarkable. I'll leave you with that. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to this podcast. Again, let me know your thoughts about the Knicks and the NBA playoffs on Twitter at SJ7 or at postingandtoasting.com underneath the Shock Shock Knicks podcast logo. Enjoy the playoffs, everybody. We'll talk more about it next week on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.